Welcome to the Dollar Wise Podcast. At HFM, one of the most significant values we provide our clients is leveraging our experience helping hundreds successfully navigate through life's transitions. On this podcast, our advisor team explores some of the questions we get every day from our clients. We share some insights on financial topics, and we interview some fantastic professionals from our vast network. Our hope is that you leave with some food for thought and some good ideas to consider. Thank you for joining us. Today on the podcast, we are going to be talking about the difference between day trading and long-term investing, how they fit into your life, and how you should think about each one. I know one of the things with COVID and people being home and believe it or not, the absence of sports for quite a few months, a lot of people turn to day trading to fill their days. I actually have with me today, Tyler Reedman, our associate advisor. Hey, Tyler. Hey, Jay. So I know you were telling me some of your buddies, right, who had done some sports betting before, now they're traders. Yeah. I mean, it's super easy when you look at all the different platforms and apps out there now, like Robinhood, for example, that offer free trading. And it's really become very prevalent now in society. A lot of younger people, I think the average age on Robinhood is about 30 or 31 years old, which obviously is a lot younger than the average investor. So we're seeing a lot of young people using apps like Robinhood, which certainly have their place and have their benefits. But investors also could develop some bad habits, which I know is something we'll talk about in depth a little later. It's hard because when you think about investing and people getting involved younger, normally we think, oh, that's a good thing. You know, people yeah. are getting into the investing world and they're getting their feet wet investing. But there's another side to it. And that's something that we really want to talk about in this podcast to give this episode, to give you a sense of what each one is and how it's particularly applicable to your life and what you're doing with your own financial plan, whether you're just starting out or you've been investing for years. Specifically, I know you talked about Robinhood, and it's amazing the growth that Robinhood has had since COVID quarantine. I mean, they just exploded. Mm -hmm. They became basically a household name. And if you don't know what Robinhood is, it's a stock trading app that enables people to trade stocks for free. Now, we know nothing is free. So what they do to pay for the trading and to pay for their to make money in their business is they sell that trading data to high-frequency traders in order to make profit for their business. But it has just exploded. And so when we think about the differences between day trading, which is really the idea of trying to pick winners and losers in the stock market every day based on the what you're reading, based on what you're seeing on the news, and it's very difficult to do. Now, caveat that with the fact that since March, when things really, really went down a lot, it's been pretty much straight up, right? Yeah. It seems like you know some things have been up higher than others. We saw a lot of odd things happen in the market because a lot of people are getting into trading yeah. that you know, frankly don't necessarily know exactly what they're doing. But when the market's going up, everybody looks like a winner. And yeah. that's one of the big dangers in investing day trading, right? I agree. And you talk, you know, like I said, the average age on Robinhood is about 30, 31 years old. And you hear a lot of similar names coming out of these people's mouths. You talk about Apples and Amazons and, and Teslas, and that's all great. But when you put all your eggs in one basket, and if the only thing you own is Tesla, well, Tesla's down 20-something percent from its high right now. So those people with those short-term type of perspectives are feeling a little pressure right now because you know this is what investing is. I'm down 20% in Tesla when we know that having a globally diversified portfolio for the long term is really a more 
responsible way to go about investing for your future. Well, so let's talk about that. So we talked about what day trading is a little bit and how we define that, the apps that we use for that. Yeah. You know, Robinhood's certainly not the only one. There's quite a few, but that seems to be the most prevalent. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when we talk about globally diversified investing or, or really broadly diversified investing, more traditional type of investing, when you think about investing for your goals, and your goals can be anything. Everybody's goals are a little bit different, but typically they boil down to short-term goals, mid-term goals, and long-term goals. And what we're trying to do when we save money is we're trying to, yes, save from what we get paid, but we're also trying to compound that with investment returns. And so when you say more responsible, a lot of times another way to think about it is more prudent. You know, If you look at history, it is incredibly, incredibly, incredibly different mm-hmm. to consistently and predictably beat the market, especially as a day trader. You know, how many stories have we heard of professional money managers who do this for a living, who went to Harvard and Penn and have teams of analysts? Yeah. And the number that actually beat the market year over year is infinitesimally small, basically a rounding error. And so it's so difficult to do. It's really not a reliable strategy to save for your goals because you just don't know what tomorrow holds. And that's true with investing in general, but specifically when you're trying to pick a handful of names and hope that they outperform everything else. So when we think about investing for those short, mid, and long-term goals, we're really talking about investing in a globally diverse portfolio of stocks and sometimes bonds. If you you were talking to me about an example of what if you're investing for a shorter-term period, right? Exactly. Yeah. If, you know, a lot of people don't think about this, but if you're investing for retirement and that is a, a few decades off, let's say, and then you're investing separately for a down payment on a home or maybe for a child's college education that might be in a few years, well, those should have different allocations based on the level of risk that you want to have in that portfolio. Something like retirement is a ways off. So maybe you can afford to be a little bit more risky. Whereas if you're looking to put a down payment on a house in three, four, or five years, you don't really want that so dependent on the ups and downs of the market and all the volatility that that could entail. Sure. And when we talk about investing and we talk about aggressive or conservative, kind of through those terms around, just as a reminder, usually what we're talking about when we talk about that yeah. is the percentage allocation in your portfolio or in your account between stocks and bonds. So a very aggressive allocation would be like 100% stocks. So refresher, stocks are ownership in companies. You're a very small owner in these companies that you invest in. And so if the company does good, you do well. Stocks go up. If the company does poorly, you do poorly and maybe could even lose your share if the company goes out of business. Bonds are inherently a little more conservative because you're lending money to a government or a company and you're a creditor. So you get paid your interest even if the company does poorly. When we think about allocating your money for those short-term, mid-term, and long-term goals, it typically breaks down between that stocks and bonds category. The more bonds you have, generally the thought is the more conservative and the shorter the time horizon. In Tyler's example, right, you were saying about saving for a house. If that's two or three years away, you might have, let me think, 60% bonds, maybe 50% bonds yeah, something in around a there. portfolio like that. Because you want to grow it, but you don't want to have the chance that you know, it goes down 20% when you need it. And so- one of the ways to think about investing for the long term and, and talking about allocating between stocks and bonds, why is this important? Why is this something that is critical to your, you know, your financial success long term? And really, when we talk about investing in stocks, we're talking about investing in thousands upon thousands of yeah. companies. And we have the ability to do that, even if you're just saving $100 a month or $200 a month or whatever you're saving. 
That's really powerful. And it's generally safer if you're invested in thousands of companies versus day trading where you might only be invested in two or three or one company, right? I couldn't agree more, Jay. I'm glad you mentioned that about the thousands of stocks because what we're seeing a lot of now is stock picking. I don't want to harp on that too much because we've covered it a little bit. But research and, and academic evidence and studies have shown historically that stock picking has not outperformed investing for the long term with globally diversified portfolios. Going back to what we talked about with Robinhood a little bit, I heard a funny quote recently. Someone said that if you're stock picking on Robinhood, you might as well just go to Atlantic City (laughs) because at least there they'll give you free drinks to gamble. I thought that was pretty funny because like I said, Robinhood and other apps that offer free trading have their place. They give a lot of people access to the market for a low price. But if you're developing those bad habits, if you're not globally diversified in those thousands of different holdings, you might be developing those bad habits. And that could be equatable to gambling. And we see that a lot. We see there's a lot of studies in the past few years that equate the similarities of online gambling with online financial institutions that allow you to trade stocks. And they use a lot of the same marketing techniques to appeal to those centers of your brains Mm -hmm. that are stimulated by wins and losses. And so when you think about day trading, one of the dangers we found and what research shows is winning or having that one or two wins because then you feel like you have it figured out and you get really confident. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that doesn't just happen with regular people. That happens with money managers. They get hot for a year or two, then they get cocky and it really ends up compounding when eventually they do falter. So you mentioned it, but it's worth repeating for sure that day trading and, and playing around with the Robinhood app, it has a place. We're not saying you shouldn't do it. We're saying that you should balance it. You should make sure that you're paying down your debts. You know That should be a big priority for your dollars because a lot of times you're paying, if it's a student loan, maybe 5 or 6%. If it's a credit card, maybe 15 oh, or yeah. 20%. So you should be making sure you're paying down your debts, making sure you have an emergency reserve of cash money just in case you, you, know, you lose your job, you have to pay your rent or your student loan or your car payment. Yeah. Make sure you don't get you know stuff repossessed. So it's important to have that cash cushion. And then it's important to saving globally diversified type portfolios for those long-term goals that you can't afford to mess with, like retirement or saving for a house or something like that. And then that's when you can add in. If you feel like that's something you want to try out, you want to stock pick, you want to try to play your hand at some picks you're reading about or right, some of the right. things you're talking about, that's the time where you say, all right, I'm going to set this money aside and take a chance and see if I can be the next Warren Buffett, right? I agree. We know that the stock market is the the greatest wealth creator historically, right? If you put in money in the stock market 50 years ago, you've done pretty well. But I'm glad you mentioned those other things because before you should be putting a lot of money into the market and investing, there are those things that you want to make sure you have under your belt, like an emergency fund, like you're doing your part in paying your debts, whether they're student loans, mortgages, credit cards. But it's really important to have those things under your belt before you can get into the investing part of things. Absolutely. And so when we think about listening to our neighbors or our friends talk about how great they're doing in their Robin or how great they're doing with their picks, it's easy to get a little bit envious. We're human. Our brains are wired for that to to feel like we're missing out. You know, guys call it FOMO, right? Fear of missing out. Nobody wants to be left out. They didn't tell you their losses though, right? Just the wins. That's true. (laughs) But at the same time, you know, when you think about that, it's important to remember that I've read a great quote in this book that I'm reading. And Tyler's going to make fun of me because I've been talking about this book a lot. He's um, a huge advocate yeah, for it. It's the HFM book club. Uh, <laughs> so in this book, The Psychology of Money, one of the quotes in it, it talks about how the returns that you get are not as important as avoiding screwing up. 
And so, you know, the most important thing we talk about this a lot is just the habit of saving and the habit of putting money away regularly. What you actually choose, as long as it's globally diverse, as long as you're you're spread out, it's almost like you can set it and forget it. Yeah. That's a really good point. And Catherine says this a lot, one of our other advisors, but she says that one of the greatest services we can offer to people is just to make sure that you don't make big mistakes that can hurt your financial future. There's a lot of things we can do to help you, you know, whether it's maxing out your retirement accounts or investing properly, but really just making sure you're not making any big mistakes is one of the most important things to us. And as Jay mentioned, you know, we're doing a lot of podcasts and episodes on, on topics like these. And in some future episodes, we'll go into you know, specifically based on where you are in life, whether you're just coming out of college, working a full-time job, or you're starting a family, looking to buy a house, or if you're nearing retirement, we try to give these little tidbits of information to help make sure that you're making the right choices based on where you are in your life. So to bring it all center, to bring it all around – it's important to understand how to invest for your short, mid, and long-term goals, to be prudent, to be globally diverse when you're saving for those things. And then your Robinhood or your day trading account, not to say you can't do that, but to do it in moderation, just like gambling. Think of it as money that you're not afraid to lose just in case yeah. you do. It's really important to keep that thing separate in your mind. One of the things that we're really excited about here at HFM is launching our HFM Ignite platform where we make it really easy for anybody to open an account right online, right on the app on their phone and start saving contributions regularly, whether it's monthly, whether it's weekly, pretty much whatever, to just start saving towards those short, mid and long-term goals. Totally, totally. I mean, full disclosure, Jason and I are both on this platform now. It's pretty awesome. I mean, all from your phone through an app, you can set up accounts, see how you're doing, link those to your bank accounts. My favorite part about it is setting up recurring deposits into your account. So you just link it to your bank. And if you said, hey, you know, I'm just starting out. I want to put $100 a month into a Roth IRA or a regular account. You can do that. You can set it. You can forget it. And you know that it's happening behind the scenes and that you're doing something positive to help you reach your financial goals. That's great. So as far as everybody, you know, kind of bringing this full circle, If you have any questions about this stuff, you know, we're always here. You can visit us on our website, hfmadvisors.com, or go right to Ignite, hfmignite.com. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Dollar Wise Podcast. At HFM, our mission is to educate and empower our clients to make wise financial decisions. If you'd like to learn more, please visit us at hfmadvisors.com. The Dollar Wise Podcast is presented by HFM Investment Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor firm. Please note that registration does not imply any level of skill or training. All investing involves risk, including potential loss of principal. There is no guarantee that any strategy will be successful. The content of this podcast is provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as investment or financial advice. Everyone's situation is unique, so we recommend you discuss any potential strategies with your own professional advisors before implementing them for yourself.